0: Moncrief on, on News Talk. Time now for farming. Farming with Mairead Lavery
1: on Moncrief.
0: Afternoon, Mairead. Uh, how are you? Good today?
1: afternoon, Sean. I-, I completely agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, and he should be taken out of sex in the city as well.
0: Uh, yes, he was in that as well. Um, yeah,
1: he's in loads of stuff now. You know, he's oh, pretty he everywhere.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, and not with you know, not to mention, of course, the the, the Apprentice. I wonder if they still playing that on the telly now.
1: Yeah, uh, which I, it's a job there for him now. When it's, yeah. it's a rotten day in Dublin. What's it like where you are? Actually, it's lovely. It's oh. sunny. It's bright. It's not too cold, and we've had a good few days now. You know, where everything was nice. But last week was just miserable. After I was talking to you, you know, ice and snow and really frosty weather and you couldn't be going out doing anything much. So I couldn't go walking and I couldn't go gardening. So COVID was really getting me down now last week. I just said, good God almighty, this vaccine better work and we better get no bad surprises.
0: Yeah, but we'll start with some good news, though. Certainly good news for uh,
1: Caroline O'Neill Walsh. Uh, What has she won? Well, she's won the the 2020 Grassland Farmer of the Year. It was announced yesterday, and it's a great achievement. And to my knowledge, she's one of, if not the first, certainly one of the first women to win in her own right um, a, a major award like this. And um, and this is a woman. This is the new generation of farmers that were are breeding now, and um, and they're so professional in their job, and and so much. They want to be farmers. Like in the past, there was an awful lot of farmers in this country that are round pegs in square holes. They ended up being the eldest son or the youngest son or the only son or whatever it was and they ended up, It would be the presumption being that they're going to be farmers from the time they were two months old. And they lived with that inheritance. And half of them weren't, you know, really up to the job at all. But there's a generation coming now who really want to be farmers. And um, Caroline is a case in point. She started off um, leasing land. She didn't have her own land. She leased land to farm. And in preparation for when quotas um, Disappeared in was it two thousand fourteen? She um she got uh, she was awarded new new entrant milk quota in two thousand and nine, and she gradually built her herd up. Um, married, moved on to her husband's farm, and is currently milking seventy two cows. And what she has done is doing she does two couple of things really well for which she won the award. She grows more grass, and she grows great grass. And the whole kind of thing around dairy farming now is minimum inputs, minimum amount of fertilizer, minimum chemicals and everything like that, and to grow more grass and better grass. And she has proved an absolute humdinger at it. And for that's for what she won the award. So she's based down in Balliniscarty in County Cork and currently milking 72 cows. And I think her number's... She's going to cut her numbers back to 64 because if you can produce grass efficiently, you you know, your cows will be more efficient as well and you won't need as many to make the same income. So fair dues to her. She's a great role model for other young women. And there's so many of them out there now, not just in dairying, but in, in beef production and in sheep production right across the enterprises. And they are taking, a, a, you know, a really professional you know they're they're dealing they're being really professional farmers and it's lovely to see. Okay, that is uh, that is great to hear. Now uh, the amount of money we spent in
0: supermarkets uh, last <laughs> year, but particularly in December, it's jaw dropping. Really, I, I assume it must be
1: something to do with COVID. Oh well, uh, well, well, yeah, well. Of course, because we couldn't go out and eat. Um, you know, well, I suppose we were, I can't even remember when restaurants were open or mm. hotels were open or anything, but. Um, we, we see the consequences of it now because everybody has their runners on and they're trying to take a few pounds off. Now, we're sheep farmers here. And if we want to test how well covered you are with condition, and that's the nice word we use to describe fat, um, your condition score <laughs> sheep. And they're from, from, you know, the condition scoring is from one to five. And one is very scrawny and very thin. And you can feel where you condition score them. If you think of the back of a sheep, You use your hands there and you press in around the ribs. And if you can feel the ribs really strongly, well, then that's one. If you can't feel the ribs at all, well, then you're definitely a five. And somewhere around three is what you're looking for. But anyway, there's no need to condition score humans because (laughs) we know we put on the pounds. I I cannot believe that one of the figures now, the figures have come from Cantor, um, who measures food spending right across the globe. And come out with all sorts of reports. But according to them, in the month of December, in the month of December, we spent an additional 6.7 million euro. And guess what?
0: Chocolate.
1: Chocolate. <laughs>
0: <Letters>. <laughs> of course. We tried,
1: we tried to eat our way with chocolate out of the misery <laughs> of COVID. We spent, and, it, and, now this, is, and this is money over and above what we would have spent. Um, six point seven million and we spent an extra three million euro on cheese. So, I mean, that's something else in total for the month of December. um, we spent one point six billion on groceries. It was the busiest month ever in the history of Cantor doing these surveys. And, and the only one of the few products to to really get kind of knocked on the head where the poor was the poor old turkey. Because the while well, there was lots of turkey meat sold, the whole turkeys were, weren't popular. And that was because there was fewer people around the dinner table. Ah. And they didn't a great big thick turkey. So do you see, look, at it's amazing just the way something simple like that kind of, um you know, eats into a, a, a pattern of eating <laughs> that we've had for generations. <laughs> but, but it was good but, news for the supermarkets
0: then. They've done very
1: well. Well, listen, if you see anyone complaining from the supermarkets, I'll tell you now, they have no need to. All the supermarkets in in the 12 week period up to the end of December, according to the Cantor report, all the supermarkets enjoyed double digit growth in that 12 week period. Lidl saw its sales grow by 30 percent. Wow. 30 percent. And overall, last year, we spent 13 billion euro on food and drink in supermarkets. And that's up about 20 percent on the previous year. Uh, around 1.85 billion. So again, you look at it's the switch to home cooking because you can't go out. You can't go to takeaways. There's so many places that are off limits. So people are having to get used to eating the home and they're going out and buying the groceries and they're probably throwing a third of it away because they don't get to use it. And, um, but anyway, the supermarkets are really benefiting from the sales, yeah. So, okay, you well, know, that's... what the restaurants are losing, supermarkets are gaining,
0: uh, and uh, you know, as one might expect, I suppose exports have been hit this year by both COVID and Brexit, but not as badly as you might think,
1: yeah, not as badly. Um, down two percent actually, according to Board Bia, and um, you know, given all the trouble, and when you hear, you know, the trouble with regard to the exports and the delay in ports and you know, at least now they seem to have got the the Ross-Lair thing going. Do you remember I talked to you about Mm. that several times? So there's an awful lot of kind of traffic being transferred to to Ross-Lair and going directly to France and, and Holland rather than trying to go down through the UK. But, um, but, um, one of the real interesting things in the figures um, is uh, the butter sales to the United States. Now, uh, we we had very good market growth there over the last few years. And Irish butter was the most popular imported butter in America. But then, of course, you had the whole Boeing problem and the airline problem and the Bombardier, isn't it? I think the, the you know, there was state support. So Europe and um, or America put tariffs on European produce. And one of the things they hit uh, or that um, Mr. Trump hit was um, uh, butter. And he walked on a 25 percent tariff in 2019 on the sales of butter. But would you believe it? Despite the tariff of 25 percent, the butter sales in the U.S., Irish butter sales in the U.S. were up nine percent to two hundred and ten million. So it just shows there was a real price elasticity there and people not alone were prepared to continue to spend and spend 25% more on Irish butter. They were prepared to buy more Irish butter, 9% more. So that's a, a really good news story. That's a, a, and that's
0: a very hopeful sign uh, for the future. Uh, Mairead, thanks a million for speaking with
1: us today. Mairead Lavery there. You are listening
0: to The Moncrief Show on Newstalk.
1: Moncrief
0: on Newstalk.